Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnt out? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Control the Chaos conversation. It's been a week. It feels like much longer than that, probably because it's the end of the year, and I get excited for this day every day, every week now, getting on this podcast. It's so much fun, Um, and we're so happy to be sharing info and dropping knowledge on you guys each week and getting some positive feedback from it. So looking at the end of year survival series, we are on another week and this week is end of year games, 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 games. There's lots of games at this time of year. So Stephanie, let's talk about games today. What do you got for us? Yeah, so I am very competitive. If you did not know, Uh, I just went to a conference and I was pretty upset. Uh, They had a leaderboard. Sometimes I play, but sometimes I know my personality because I I go all in. If I'm going to play, it is every pretty much moment of my free time after the conference. (laughs) So I had to decide what I was going to do. Typically, I have to make this decision so that way I can decide if I want to invest all my time or not. And I decided this year I was going to play. Well, day one took place and I was in the lead. I was first place. Everything was looking good. The second day came and this guy took over first. So what do I do? I start to um, comment. I start to get those points. I start to look up, okay, what's going to give me the most points? Um, Because I'm the killer when it comes to the game. And we're going to talk about those different personality types when it comes to gaming. And with my personality, um, I, I got back up to first. But then I started to get this error message. <laughs> and this error message said that I was no longer able to post. I hit the daily posting limit. <laughs> yeah. And As so you do. <laughs> once I got that error message, like every once in a while it would let me post and like I would get points. But then after a while it won it. And I maxed out on every other way that you could earn points. And so this was the only way was to comment on people's um, posts and just start those conversations. And because I got that error message, I gave up. Um, I quickly was like, well, there's no point there. I'm just going to have to settle for a second. And I think that was really frustrating. And as students, we're going to talk about some of those roadblocks where maybe a student is farther behind and they can't catch up, Um, that kind of stuff. So I felt very upset. I felt like this guy got in the system and he probably hacked it and made it so that I couldn't post anymore. Like those are the things that were running through this mind. And I'm sorry if this guy's listening um, because I'm sure he's a very nice guy. And it was funny because at the end of the conference, it was the first and second place. And they called us up in front of everybody at the end of the conference. And I just gave him like the death glare. Like, are you kidding? Like you beat me. And like, um, I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't know him personally. Um, but that's part of gaming is there are different personality types. There are different factors in gaming and 
again, when I realized I was going to lose because of that air message of posting too much, I wanted to give up. And so we have to think about all of those different factors, all of those different roadblocks when it comes to games um, and how we can engage every single student. I use games in my classrooms. My students love them. Um, I work with students who had different disabilities, learning disabilities, autism. Um, I had some ADH students. And so when it came to games, these students were invested. They were able to remember information um, because it was that working memory and that kind of repetition. And so games is a huge, huge benefit that you can use in your classroom all year long, but especially at the end of the year when your students are maybe causing some more behaviors or something like that. Games can be a way to um, shake up your classroom to re-engage your students. Oh, absolutely. And it's life skills too, right? Like just how you were talking about how you kind of were frustrated and wanting to give up. Um, but then learning, like teaching kids that skill of, you know, learning to lose because we're not going to win at everything. Like that's a whole getting control of your emotions. Um, and you have to learn to win. You have to learn to lose. You have to learn you know, that it's okay to try and fail at something, give an answer. And if it's incorrect, um, you we fail forward. We have all those things that could come out of incorporating games into the classroom other than just the content area, right? There's so much social emotional that goes behind it. Yeah, and my emotional control definitely lost uh, or got the best of me. I did not have emotional control. Uh, I was pretty upset. <laughs> so why games? I mean, we just kind of named several of those things, but some of those other things that, you know, we talked about the social emotional piece there, um, but learning that conflict resolution. What if you are playing a game in a group and you have one person on your team that thinks the answer is one thing and another person on your team that thinks the answer is something else. And then you have to decide whose answer is correct. There's that conflict resolution. There's teamwork. There's, I mean, there's a whole slew of social emotional pieces. When we look at the do each domain of social emotional learning, you can find things in every domain that is appropriate to incorporating games in the classroom. Yeah, and there's also different personalities. So with games, um, it can reach every single student if you play the game correctly. And so I think it's important to just kind of identify and think about those four type of gamers. Uh, there's the killer, which is me. I will beat everyone. Uh, that's my personality. When I play a game, I just want to win. Um, I will do whatever I can to win. Does that then, involve cheating when you say whatever I can? Uh, it might involve winning the role. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it can, it can. Also, there's the achiever. This student wants all the badges. Um, they want all the points. They want to um, achieve as much as they can. They want to level up whenever they can in a game. Then you have the student that's just there to socialize. So these are the game nights that I would play with my friends and these kids just wanna hang out. They just wanna talk while you're playing the game. They don't care if they win, they don't care if they lose. They're just there for uh, the social aspects. So these students work well when they have to talk about different answers or come up with that final answer. And then that explorer. This student just wants to kind of explore and 
see what's going on in the game and um they like to maybe go deeper in the game where your killer's like, okay, let's go. But these four students can kind of collaborate together um, to have that best gaming experience. And again, having these students, um, you're able to reach every single student when you play games. It's not just, oh, for the killers. It's not just for the achievers. It's, it's for all students in your classroom that can really find engagement out of games. I have three kids in my household and they're all different type of gamers. I have my daughter, which is like the socializer. She's just kind of there to hang out when she's playing the game. I have an achiever, Tristan. He, he came down the other stairs and he's like, I got to get to the gold level. And I'm like, you're speaking a different language. I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, but he was definitely waiting to earn those badges. And then I have the killer, uh, my son, which is like, I'm going to win at all costs. So what do I do? So it's interesting when you really start to look at the type of gamers and you start to kind of work with the groups and circulate your cr classroom and look at what each type of student is bringing to the game. Uh, and they can, and they might go from an explorer to a socializer. They might be in between the type of gamers, but it's really fun as a teacher. Um, when I, I can do it in my own household, but I can go back and into my classroom experience and thinking, think about different kids that have these different, um, characteristics of them. And it's fun to kind of watch each student take their own role within their groups when you're working and see what this looks like in the classroom. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And I think too, you sometimes you want two killers on the same team because then they can work together, but they're going to dominate the class. So you probably want to separate those two students because then they're going to motivate the other students in their group. So it's really important to think about who are you going to group together when it comes to gaming. Um, and kind of placing students with different personalities together. So that way it is that diverse type of group and they're all using their different strengths and weaknesses to help each other. That's fun. You could actually, now as we're talking about it, uh, I'm wondering if you could do like a pre-assessment at the beginning of the year and ask what, ask some questions that lead you to what type of gamers the students are. And then you could kind of, work start working your groups at the beginning of the year based on the type of gamers they are I'm, I'm just thinking about that right now and maybe that's not even a possibility but um no they do storming that do you do do we have that if we don't have that let's make that yeah they there is a website um i can put it in the speaker notes that goes over it's like a test it's like a personality type of test for gaming oh, and you it. get you get your result after you take that test um so I would do it with the students because I think it's more for adults. Um, like I would walk through the questions, explain some of the different answers with them and what that means if they struggle. So I would kind of do it together as a class. Yeah. Or we, or we could just make a student version later. Mm -hmm. We'll have that. We can do that by the end of the week, right? Yeah, we can. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into games. So the first topic is tech games. These are your typical games like Quizlet, Blooklet, uh, Kahoot, Gemkit, all of those games that you typically play. 
However, have you ever thought about maybe gamifying it even more? So you have that game, but then you add another factor on top of that game. So kids love Kahoot. They love Quizlet Live. Um, so you play Quizlet Live. They're used to it because they've played all school year. But now you're ready to add another layer. So the kids, they get on Quizlet and you can play individual or as teams. I like to kind of go back and forth. Um, I've also seen teachers where the first student that logs in gets an extra point. And um, one way that is really fun, and I learned this from Kurt Householder and Kristen Ramsdale, they're teachers in our district, and they have a giant coordinate grid. So there is this grid out there. And on the grid, students are going to place a dot on the coordinates. So like negative one, one, uh, negative four, three. They pick a random spot or where they think is going to be called. And students put a dot in their initials. This is on the whiteboard. So you project it on the whiteboard. Students have to get out of their seat during the game to put their initials up on the board. And the reason I love this game is because in Quizlet, you usually have a team that's dominating. Usually it's going to be that team that's always going to win. Well, those students, when they get four questions right, they have to go up to the grid and put their initials up on the board like four or five times, depending on what you want to tell them. So they pick random spots on this coordinate grid, add their names, and then you do the next group. So the next group that hits um, four questions right, they go up to the board and they add their names. Then the next group, the next group. Now those students that were really kind of behind um, because they might have missed a couple questions, they might get ahead of those groups because they, those students are still working. They're not up at the board moving around. Those other students had to take a break from the game. And so that gives them some encouragement and not that, hey, I'm already lost. I'm going to just give up. And those students, when they, once they get to like six or eight, they get to go up to the board. So constantly students are going up to the board. They're adding their initials. Sometimes if a student is, a group is dominating, I'll say, go take a lap, go take a walk around the pod. So they have to get up. They don't get to put their name on the board. They take a pause and they just walk around the pod as quietly as they can, come back, and then they rejoin the game. Um, so again, that can help your students that are maybe struggling with different concepts to get really up in the game quicker with their group. Um, and then at the end, I pull six different students that might have worked really, really hard or had really good behavior or worked really well with their group, and they get to be the landmines. They get to put just a point up on the grid. If those points are called, the whole class gets candy. If just the initial gets called, just that student gets candy. So you can either, um, I have like a wheel of names where I've created a nice little spinner and you can either spin it and it will pull one of the coordinates off the grid and that's the winner. Or you can call a random teacher. Uh, so just calling a random teacher and saying, hey, can you pick a coordinate? Uh, the grid is five by five. And then they would say three, four. The student at three, four wins candy. If it's a landmine, the entire class wins candy. That sounds like so much fun. I love it. So we that's a lot of tech games, but we get to this time of year, right? We start have, needing to turn in Chromebooks or um, kids are getting spring fever because it's so nice out and they really need that movement at this time of year and kind of in the beginning of the year too when they're settling back in from summer. But some of those games 
um, thinking about the fact of not having technology or that need for movement, I think we can look at some games like Boom, Clap, Grab. This is a really fun one. Um, and it's also very competitive as well, right? You have two partners that are facing each other. And the teacher is going to call out boom, clap, or grab. So it would sound like boom, and the kids would pound the desk, or clap, and the kids would clap. And then you have an item, let's just say a dry erase marker, or a pen, or a pencil. And the two students are facing each other. And the item is in the middle of them. So they're either sitting on the floor doing this with the item in the middle, or they have or they have a desk there and the item is in the middle and one's on each side of the desk. So the teacher would be calling out, boom, clap, boom, clap, clap, boom. And then when they're least expecting, grab. And the students have to reach and grab the item. So after they grab the item, whoever grabs the item first wins immunity. Um, if you did not grab the item, everybody, and you would do this, the whole class would be doing this together with a partner. Um, you would, they would grab the items and immunity, the person that didn't have immunity has to answer review questions or whatever topic. Maybe it's something that's um, earlier in the year, or maybe it's something that's recent that you're working on. Whatever topic it is, it doesn't really matter. This can work for any subject, any content area, anything that you're, that you're wanting to review or ask questions on. If they don't get the question right, then they're out. If they do get to qu the question right, then they, they stay in and we switch partners and they remain in the game. So you might, every once in a while, you might have an odd person out if more, if you only have one person get their question wrong, but then you keep asking questions and keep doing this until you have the last man standing. Or if you don't want to do the last man standing and you want to do, okay, we'll, we'll play till there's five people left. And then you have five winners of the game. So the winners, you know, you, as you go, you just keep rotating partners and you just continue the boom clap grab. So you have that movement, um, and that you're getting that working memory going and you're not only doing the, the reaching and the grabbing and the clapping, but then the changing of the partners and rotating throughout the room. It is a lot of fun. And the kids get really excited when, when at, in the beginning, you start more of like, boom, clap, boom, grab. But as you get less and less, um, people, you speed it up, boom, clap, boom, clap, clap. And you start going through it quicker. So they, you know, aren't ready for that grab piece of it. And it gets exciting. The kids are, are like, have their hands ready and they're grabbing. So the roadblock for this game is when you have the kids that are sitting out and waiting for the other kids so you want to make sure that when you're playing a game like this, that this, this is where our roadblock is. What do we, what are the students doing that get put out of the game?
we need to make sure that we have expectations. Is the expectation that they circle around and they continue to watch the other kids? Is it that they look over their review questions? Is it that they go back to their desk and they read? I, I mean, of course, we're probably not doing something like that. But just make sure that you have your policies and procedures in place for prior to the game. So when they the students get out and they're not playing, they know exactly what the expectation is. So looking at some other games with movement, um, Stephanie, tell me a little bit about grudge ball. I know that's one that you have used in the classroom before. That's pretty fun. Yeah, grudge ball is a fun one. Um, so they're grouped as teams. So you're going to have different students on different teams. And you can either have a slide deck or you can have a bunch of X's on a whiteboard. So every team gets 10 X's. So I would just make maybe five different columns and then 10 X's in each of those columns for each of those different teams. So again, there's a slide deck, um, but you can totally do this just by drawing X's on a whiteboard. And what happens is students then <clears throat> get a question. So they'll get asked some type of question. Maybe it's a review question that you're working on. Maybe it's trivia. It's just for fun. And once they have that question, if they get it right, they get to erase two X's from the board. So they can take it from any team or they can split it. So if I'm team one, maybe I take two X's from team two. Or if I'm team one, I can take X's from one from team two and one from team three. Or the students can choose to kind of shoot uh, a basketball. So I used to have like a mini basketball hoop in my uh, classroom because most of my students, they love the movement. They love sports. And with that basketball, you could use a trash can if you wanted to. The students would shoot a basketball. Um, again, it was just like a small one. And if they sh shot from my two-point line, um, they got to take four X's off the board. If they made it from the three-point line, they got to take off five. So again, students got to decide if they were going to risk it um, and try to shoot for points. If they missed, they didn't get any X's. And then I would go to the next group and we would just replay the same way. Um, but students loved taking off X's. They loved um, even kind of working together. And sometimes if I saw like a student had zero X's because the team was teaming up on them, I might say, okay, if you can answer this question, it's a daily double or something like that. They got to add double the points or something to their board back on just to keep students in the game. So you can do things like that um, and you can kind of make up rules as you play. <laughs> I love it so much. But thinking about two games, they don't always have to be competitive. Sometimes we're just looking for a way to kind of level up the activity that we're doing. So when I'm thinking about that non-competitive piece, we have sit up, sit down, um, which is really simple. You're doing a review game or a review concept or you're asking questions and you're giving those questions out to the whole class sit, um, sorry, not sit up, sit down, stand up, sit down. So stand up if the, if you think that answer X or sit down if it's answer Y 
right? So you're giving them two options and there's just all they're doing is standing up and sitting down. You're incorporating that movement, but you're just kind of leveling up that question piece of what you're doing, that review activity to provide them that movement. So you make it into a little bit of a game, but you're also not making it really competitive and, and it takes actually no extra planning whatsoever because you're already answering and asking those or asking those questions for the students to answer. So that's a really fun one. And it's just to get that, you know, get that blood, that blood flowing in the kids. Or if you see um, some students, I used to actually use this one after lunchtime when students would come in and their bellies were full and you start to see like that afternoon energy going down where they started to get tired a little bit and a little bit less engaged um, because they were getting that sleepy if they after they've been at school all day. So it just kind of gets them up and gets them moving um, by going up and down. And it's really, they're really being attentive, attentive on what you're asking when they have to stand up and sit down based on what their answer is going to be. They have to really pay attention. And it's everybody in the class doing it, not just one, you know, not just one or two that you're asking a specific question to. You ask it to the whole class. So it forces everybody to be engaged. That sounds like a really fun one. Just to get students, again, up and moving can really help, uh, even if it's just for five minutes. And that's what's fun with a lot of these games is there is no time that you have to play. You can play for five minutes. You can play for 20 minutes. You can kind of decide, oh, my students are maybe getting upset. Let's start a new round. Um, so you can do kind of things like that as well. So what are maybe some roadblocks or some ideas to help with these different roadblocks that do come into play when it comes to games, Tara? Well, I think one of those roadblocks is making sure that you um, group students appropriately. If you have students maybe, maybe that don't work well together, maybe looking at how you're grouping the students um, so that it makes the games go smoothly. Now, on the flip side of that, I will say, if your goal is to work on conflict resolution, maybe you do want putting to put two killers together so they have to learn to work together with similar personalities. But if that's not your goal of the game, then looking at the way you group in students would be really important, which maybe that does go back to that assessment we were talking about identifying the different um, types of gamers so we can look at grouping them appropriately. So I think that's definitely a roadblock because thinking about, oh, these two students definitely don't work, work well together, but this one doesn't work well with this one. So how do we group those students um, and making sure we're doing that with intentionality based on what we're looking for? Are we looking for them to, to learn that conflict resolution and work with kids that maybe they don't normally work with? Or are we looking for them to really just simply play the game and we're increasing the engagement and we want to make sure that those other skills right now are not important, but it's more about the content. 
Yeah, and I've even done like extra points or power-ups for students that are working collaboratively or having positive behavior. I might say, okay, here is a power-up. You can use it at any time in the game. And that might say like power down your Chromebook or uh, another team has to do 20 jumping jacks or another team has to take a lap around. Um, so that can really encourage students um, to work collaboratively. Another idea is if a team is losing big time, and they are behind other teams, you want to give them maybe a power up or some type of extra push. Um, so they get back into the game. That way they do not quit. They do not give up. Um, because usually when they get upset, sometimes negative behaviors can occur. So we want to make sure that they are always able to kind of get back in the game, always be able to win. Um, so again, using those power ups or maybe extra points can really help those teams as well. Awesome. I think one of the things, too, that I've seen as robot blocks as well is that if we're not setting up those expectations prior to the game, we've mentioned expectations a couple times, and we don't have that planned out as educators, and we go into the game um, without that piece, we need to remember to make sure that we slow down in the beginning and we go over all of those expectations with the student. And that is, you know, expectations of the game, expectations when you're out of the game, expectations when you win or when you lose. But going over all of those things and using that teaching time in the beginning can really set up your game for success or failure. Um, because if we don't set up those, those expectations, and now we have five kids that are out of the game, they could interrupt the rest of the classroom that is still in the game if we're not, we're not, don't have a plan in place for those kiddos. So making sure that we have the game in place when it's something like a grudge ball or like a boom clap um, grab type of game that we have those expectations in place so that we're ready to roll. Yeah, so your action step this week is let's play. We want to see what type of games you're going to play with your students this week. Uh, let us know on social media. Also, we want you to take the test. We talked a lot about those different personalities. And in our speaker notes, which you can find on our website, um, is a list of the different games along with the test. So what we would like you to do is find out what type of gamer you are and you're going to go to this website and post on social media. And I think we might be able to do a giveaway. What do you think, Tara? Oh, that sounds fun. I love giveaways. So we have a big game bundle. All right. So on this game bundle, we are going to post it on Teachers Pay Teachers. So if you're interested in having a bunch of different games, uh, they're all in Google Slides that you can kind of pull and just use with your students. Um, in this bundle, we keep updating. So every time we come up with a different game or we see a different idea, we will add it to this bundle. So all you'll need is that Google slide. So if you post on social media, um, what type of gamer you are and you tag us. Um, so Mrs. Hal 24 and isn't it Miss underscore T. T Ruffman. Ruffman. And yep. you, if you, yeah, <laughs> if you um, tag us and control the chaos, we will put you into a raffle and we will spin a wheel and we will decide who is the winner of um, our bundle. So we are excited to have our first giveaway. And until next time, you can control the chaos. 
Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.